Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideau, joined as always by legendary trainer, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad I'm taking some of this good stuff here uh, along with you, the health nut, because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to keep up with you with the late night hours that we're keeping uh, doing these podcasts, uh, especially if we're going to continue. I'm going to have to continue on this stuff to keep me alert. And it does kind of give me some energy if I'm going to continue doing these uh, pay-per-view fights. <laughs> because very- they, I mean, is it a rule that a pay-per-view fight can't start before like, uh, you know, the, the crack of, uh, of, of dawn? You I didn't mean, know the old adage, the later the better? I mean, <laughs> it's just, we, we did, what time we come on? About 1230? 1220. 1220. 1220 pin- the ring. At night. And um, really, I mean, this does give me energy, but it's just that, could they, could they correct that a little bit and maybe, you know, start starting a little earlier? Obviously, I'm talking about the Spence Porter fight that we did the other night. And before we get into the Spence Porter fight, you're referring to the uh, our newest sponsor on it. And just to be clear, this is a product that I've been using for years, and uh, we reached out to them and wanted to work with them, especially for this camp that we're in now with Alex Vosdick in preparation for Otter Better Beer. But the guys that are on it have become a new sponsor for us, and these are some of the products that I use myself and that Teddy's been using. We've got Alpha Brain for mental alertness and sharpness. It's good for brain function. And the Shroom Tech that I Teddy's- I can always been, use that. <laughs> and the Shroom Tech Teddy's been loving. It's uh, clinically proven to increase energy and work work rate. Uh, like I said, I've been using it, and I use this glutamine for recovery after long runs. But again, these are products that we use ourselves or we wouldn't feel comfortable talking about If you're going to watch them. a pay-per-view fight, get it. And you're use the promo it. code ATLAS. And they'll give you 10% off everything. And if you'd like to try the Alpha Brain, they'll give you a two free week free two-week trial. Go to onit.com slash Atlas for a free two-week trial of Alpha Brain. And I love this stuff. So honestly, check them out. We we really pushed hard to get these guys on board. So and they also a big supporter, a friend of the show, Dustin Poirier. So thanks for the support to On It. Please give them a shout. If you like the show, please support the sponsors. Be greatly appreciated. And I know, Teddy, you've been enjoying the stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, you know, get into the program. You know, I'm training a fighter for a very tough fight. And uh, so what do you do? You you get into the regiment. Yeah, I'm getting up early. I'm having oatmeal, (laughs) you know, with some of those things in it. I don't know, those (laughs) different things in it. They're healthy. And uh, having some of this stuff. And you know what? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You look good. Listen, I've I've lost a little weight, and um, hopefully, and I have. And you have to keep your energy level up when you're doing something that requires it the way this requires it. You know, you can't, especially you can't the be, mental, me, the can't mental be slacking. side of things. You can't That's be right. slacking. You can't be slacking. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. So, and you, you're living testament to it. I mean, this guy runs and races. I don't know if you people realize how serious he takes his racing <laughs> and how competitive and the level of competition that he's in. I mean, he he's on a strict diet. He's on a doesn't eat any meat or anything. He's a little crazy, but <laughs> he he takes this stuff. And let me tell you something: 
he's running. Go ahead, give give your time because it is pretty incredible what you run a marathon in. I've run the last three with two thirty three, two thirty four, and two thirty five. So like five fifty per mile. Get it. <laughs> Get it. Let's talk about Spence Porter. Yeah. Super entertaining fight. Exceeded my wildest expectations in terms of competitiveness. I think we both thought that Errol Spence would have an easier time of it. I was really impressed with Sean Porter, his ruggedness. The game plan was excellent. He 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 pressed the action. I mean, a little wild at times, but he stayed just as wild in round 12 as he was in round one. Very good performance. We both had a, a draw coming into the uh, decision, and one one judge had it scored 15-12 for Porter, and two guys had it 16-11 for Spence. Was it was 115 or 115-13? 15-12. Oh, all right. Uh, the two guys who scored it 16-11, I mean, we watched it with the volume off, so I have no idea what the commentators, or neither of us have any idea what the commentators were saying, but we were discussing it here live on, our, on another show, and... Um, we both had the same way draw. We disagreed on some rounds, but we came out with the same score in the end. So 16-11, I'd love to hear that hear those two judges explain how they came to that score. Well, that's why that's why they hope better hope that I'm never a national czar <laughs> and there's never a national commission and I'm named the czar because not that I want the job, I don't, but I do want the sport to be healthier and the fighters to be treated fairer, these noble warriors. They should be treated fairer. Um, you know, we're not talking just about this fight. We're talking about some horrendous decisions through the history of this sport. But if I'm the national czar, all these judges, they got to be in my office Monday morning and watch the tape and explain to me, really, in a, in a way that is very convincing of how they came to their decisions. You know, how did you come to 116 to 111? You know, I mean, I'm not complaining about Spence winning a fight, just the disparity in those scores. And and like I said, through the history of the sport, some of the scores and some of the... I mean, next, tomorrow there's going to be another bad one. I mean, that's how regular they are. That's how much you could depend on either corruption or incompetence. Whatever it is, it's, it's not warranted in this sport where you put so much on the line. So... Again, I would have him in my office and say, hey, explain to me, buddy. Because if you don't, I got something that looks like this, but it's pink. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and these are just the these are just the scorecards that we see that get highlighted in main events on pay-per-view cards. You, you can go to any local card and see guys get robbed every night. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, for me in the fight, again, 116-111. I mean, come on. But... It was a good fight. It was a really good fight. And the way it breaks down, the way it broke down for me is that there were two reasons why Porter was able to survive and more than survive, survive and get ahead in the fight, get into the thick of it, get into the late rounds and have such a good chance to win. One of it was, I'm going to call it awkward cleverness. Yeah, I'm going to call it that. You know, I mean, some of it was just slipping punches, doing a pretty good job. But then every once in a while, like, he would just, like, his head would, like, bend forward and a punch would go over his head. You know, just instinctively moving his head at the right time. Awkward cleverness, where a lot of the big shots he was able to avoid. And then the other part was, well, you ever get caught in a rainstorm? You can't do a lot. You, 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 you can't. 
can't do a lot while it's raining, you know? And and what do you do? If you're smart and you're prepared, you get an umbrella. But you're stuck under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe how Porter got ahead in that fight, and especially on my cards. He got stuck under the umbrella trying to weather the storm of punches. That's right. You know, where Spence, being he, obviously, where... All he could do was get under the umbrella, do a lot of blocking, you know, moving his head. He was under such a barrage, such a storm of punches that it kept him defensive. It kept him on his back foot enough. I thought he was going to punch in between the shots a little more, but he didn't do that until later. But it kept him so much, you know, defending that... I don't see how you didn't give Porter those rounds. I don't I see how you didn't give him those rounds. I agree. He, so again, he he reminded me a little bit, Porter, in those early rounds, like a young Joe Frazier. Because Joe Frazier, you know, when he was smoking Joe, man, he was a good heavyweight. People don't, I don't think he gets enough credit. But, I mean, obviously he was involved in one of the historic fights, you know, with or three of the historic fights with Ali. But, he was a good fighter and when he was young. And what he did was Smoke and Joe would be bobbing and weaving. Spence did more slipping, mm-hmm. slipping, and every once in a while dip a little bit forward, get away from But he was bobbing and weaving Joe Frazier. Now, he would get tagged like Porter does, but he'd get away from a lot of the big shots, especially when he was young again. He'd be coming in bobbing and weaving. And his offense served as a defense because – when he was bombing those left hooks at you, baby, you weren't looking to do too much back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were just looking to defend and make sure that right hand was up yeah. and you weren't getting caught. And to, that's what I saw a little bit those early rounds, you know, a, a, a bunch of those early rounds with Porter, keeping, keeping Spence defensive, you know, keeping him blocking, keeping him, again, on his back foot and putting a lot of rounds in the bank. To your point, when Porter was getting off, Spence was, like you said, taking cover under the umbrella. But then there were moments where I was waiting for Spence to answer back, and he would let Porter recover, and then he'd come in with another barrage of uh, hailstorms, and he would cover up again. I mean, look, he did some things really well, but I was surprised that when he, when Porter would let off the gas, Spence didn't get on the gas. He would just kind of, like, take a break himself. I had it. I had it going from... For the first eight rounds, I have my scorecard right here. After eight rounds, I had it 79-74. I had one even round in there. I had it 79-74 after eight going into the ninth with Porter ahead. Mm -hmm. So there's not enough, even I could do that math. There's not enough one-point rounds to win there. You're going to lose by one point unless you knock them down. And he needed that knockdown. He, of course, being Spence in the 11th round, to be able to pull out the draw because he swept. Spence swept on my card, 9, 10, 11, 12, got the extra point in 11th mm-hmm. and pulled out the draw. Now, yeah. again, I have no problem one point, two points either way. Yep. It was that kind of fight. I agree. No problem. And finally, Spence started doing what you're talking about. He started, he started, see, Joe Frazier could beat a guy who, I don't think anyone would argue. I mean, Ali was coming off the long layoff. But I don't think anyone would argue that Ali was the more developed, the more polished fighter. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think anyone would argue technically better. Anyone would argue the same here, that Spence was the more polished fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, not taking nothing away from Porter, but the technically superior fighter. And the way that you beat a guy who's technically superior, one of the ways you do it is to put a lot of pressure on him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Armstrong, one of the, for me, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Uh, my God, 300 fights. I think one year he fought 35 times in a year. <laughs> you think these guys would be up to fighting 35 times in a year? They don't fight three times in a year, four times in a year. They'd be like, you're overworking me. 30, I think it was 33 or 35 times in one year. Anyway, uh, Hammer and Hank, Homicide Hank, those were his nicknames. That's all you needed to know. You know, you got a phone call. If you got a phone call, you were fighting. You got a phone call. You got, I got a fight for you. You're fighting next month. Good, good. <laughs> Who am I fighting? Homicide Hank. Hello, you there? <laughs> Hello. Connection. Prank call. Uh, Who is this? Hello. You still there? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he was a monster. I I love him. And Henry Armstrong, he would put his, he would beat these polished guys. He put his head on the chest and push him back. And when you push a guy back, he's not set to punch. So you can beat a guy by giving him angles, right? Porter isn't real great at that. So he beat him by putting pressure. See, why do you give angles to a guy who's more polished, who like like a Spence? So you keep more balance. So they can't use that talent. So they can't be set to punch and to do the things, counter punch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Punch in between your shots. And there's again, there's two ways. One way is to get angles, keep more balance, you know, change your distance, change your range. Another way is to put pressure and keep them more balanced that way. And that's what Porter to his credit and his father's credit, that's what they did. They pushed him back and kept him off balance where he couldn't do what you were talking about. Perfect that you brought that up. Then, gee, I was wondering why he wasn't coming back. Why were, Because he was kept him off balance, off stride, breaking up his rhythm. That's what he was doing. Mm. And in his own smart way, which looks primitive, but it's really not because the results, the effect is not primitive. So that's I give him credit for that. I, I give him kudos for that. And then when it got later, after the eighth round, then the reckless aggression started to show itself on Porter a little bit more. You know, getting a little late in the fight. And then Spence, plus there was some urgency, then Spence started to show the things that the better fighter shows. Mm. He started all the things we thought he would show. He started punching inside some of those fat punches. He started countering. He started letting the straight punches beat the wide punches, the hooks. And... He started to win rounds. And for me, again, he won the ninth, he won the 10th, and then he dropped him in the 11th, and he won the 12th. But that's how he got back mm-hmm. when he started doing those things. It almost looked like he thought that Porter wouldn't be able to maintain the work rate for the whole fight, and he was kind of letting him do that's his thing. That's a good thing. point. And then all of a sudden, as it got later in the fight, like you said, there seemed to be an increased urgency from the Spence corner. Again, we don't we didn't have the volume up, so I don't know what they were talking about, but you could see Spence come out and pick up the work rate dramatically and he started to look much, much better and then dropped him in the eleventh. But I have to give a ton of credit to Porter A for his conditioning and game oh, planning. Both of them are great condition. And B for his chin. That shot that Spence hit him with, he didn't see it coming. He I punched agree. him right on the jaw and he just kind of bounced down, his glove touched the canvas, and he popped right back up. Seemingly almost too fast, but he recovered perfectly. I mean, he looked unfazed after he could just go, you know, flash knockdown. You, you know, another thing I'm going to compare this fight to, and it's 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 just I don't 
Maybe it's a stretch, but it works for me, just to get to the point. Water fury. You know, I thought most people thought that Fury was winning that fight. I thought, obviously the judges didn't think what I thought, <laughs> obviously. But I thought, again, that Porter had a good lead, had a handy lead. And one of the ways you come back when a guy's got a lead is with knockdowns. Now, that's not how the fight went. We had one knockdown. But a little bit similar to the Wilder-Fury fight in a way that, you know, Fury's got the big lead. Most people concur that would agree that he had the big lead. And then all of a sudden, Wilder makes up ground with the knockdowns. You know, the, that great eraser, the power, the natural power. Punches are not made. They're born. Mm -hmm. And he's got that kind of power. And it's like an eraser. It's kind of like if you went to, uh, oh, it was a bad memory, back in school when I was a kid. <laughs> and, and you had those teachers. And some of them were mean. <laughs> they they were mean. And I don't know if you ever went to a Catholic school, but some of those those nuns, I went there for a little while till they threw me out. And some of them they're almost sadistic. I mean, <laughs> they they had those those old fashioned black erasers. And I swear to this day that when you weren't around, when we weren't around, they soaked them in water <laughs> and let them dry it. You know what I mean? And get a little heavier. I swear. I, I have no proof, no proof of this. But all I know is I got hit in the head with a few, you know? And I, that's, that's all I know. And so it, when you have that great power, you have that eraser that where you can get rid of a lot of mistakes. And Wilder in that fight, that's what he did. He came back and he, most people still thought he lost, but he got back and he got the draw. For me, it was a little bit like that for me. Mm -hmm. That yeah, from, I, I got Porto pretty well ahead by five points going into the ninth and he catches up. He starts grabbing rounds, Spence, he still had enough time and then he drops him and you know he, he gets back and he gets back for me, a draw. Yeah. Obviously, uh, the other thing that I want to point out, there's the X factor. There was an X factor here, Ken. And sometimes things just line up right for you <clears throat> where you don't think of it at the time, but it's something that's going to give you an advantage, something that's going to help you. It's something that's going to be conducive to you having a better chance to win. Again, Porter was a big underdog. What, what was the line? 10-1 at the end. I mean, that's big. Yeah. And one of the things that Porter had problems in Uga's fight and has had problems throughout his career, quite frankly, is he gets counter with right hands mm -hmm. against orthodox fighters yeah. because he'll throw the jab from the wrong distance. You know, everyone thinks that the jab is the safest punch in boxing. Oh, throw a jab, throw a jab, throw a jab. Yeah, jab is a good punch, but it can also be the most dangerous punch in boxing. If you don't understand it, if you just throw the jab at the wrong time in the wrong position, you leave the door open for a right hand to counter right over it. So Porter never really quite corrected that flaw, to be honest with you. And he would throw in the Ugas fight, bang! He Just as he was throwing the jab, bang, the right hand would, would come right over. He's and lucky Ugas didn't and, have any punching power. He, he be is. Out. And so guess what? 
He's lucky he was fighting a southpaw. Usually when you're fighting a southpaw, it's a detriment. Usually you say, ah, you got to fight a southpaw. You know, he does everything backwards. You, you, don't, you don't get a chance to see them that much and prepare for it. And, and it's going to be, usually you're right. This was a case where it was a blessing. It was a blessing. It really was. It turned, and I said this before the fight. It turned out to help Porter. I'll tell you why. Because now against the southpaw, when he threw against an orthodox fighter, it's the straight right hand that's there. And the straight right hand is long. It's got length to it. So when you throw your jab, the straight right hand has the length to, to catch you. Now you're fighting a southpaw. There's no straight right hand waiting to go over that jab. It's this. It's a jab, which is not destructive. And it's a hook. The hook doesn't have the depth on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have yeah. the depth to catch him with the counter. So now there's a southpaw in front of him, usually a problem. But for Porter, a blessing, a blessing. Because I think it saved him. Yeah. I think it saved him to a point because he would have got counted all night long, I think, if Spence had been the other way where he's got the right hand here and Porter, I saw Porter throw that jab a couple times from too close. There was no counter. He didn't get counted. And you definitely didn't hear any commentators pointing this out. No. So so you, you got the jab coming, and you bang, long straight right hand. But again, it wasn't there. You had this. You had Spence in the southpaw position, and you had to ready to throw the hook. And I just... A dangerous punch was taken out of the equation. A punch that's been dangerous for Porter throughout a lot of his career, and in the Ugas fight, his last fight before this, was erased. Mm-hmm. Vanished, gone, done. You know, if you could go into a fight and you could ask for a favor and you say, can you do me a favor? Sure. Well, what are you? I'm a genie. I'm mm-hmm. a genie, okay? You grant your one uh, wish. Yeah, I grant you one. Um, can you take away the, the one big punch that always hits me? <laughs> yes. I grant you that. And, well, it got granted. By fighting a southpaw. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about that. But I really believe that that played big. I really do. Yeah, it played big. Where do you think that leaves the welterweight division? You've already got um, Spence now um, came out and basically said it looks like it's either uh, Danny Garcia, most likely Danny Garcia or Manny Pacquiao. The Manny Pacquiao fight, to me, looks interesting and one I'd be interested in seeing. But... Uh, Everyone obviously wants the Crawford-Spence fight. And my fear is that now Spence gets a little more traction. He's got some bigger wins. And now they start posturing and arguing over who gets the bigger cut of the money and how they're going to make this fight with the two promoters. It's just, it's a shame because I think that, like, how long we had to wait for Mayweather and Pacquiao. By the time it happened, it was like, we missed the win. It only happened because the money became so huge. Out of control, ex- exorbitant. I mean, it just became, it, it became unheard of money. And that's the only reason it was made. Because when you have two different promoters that control their own stables, their own network, they're not going to cross the street and fight each other because then they, they want to keep their guys where if they lose, they lose to their guys. And one quick Where side they control note, everything. One quick side note, PBC sent out a tweet just before we went on the air tonight and it said, um, 
congratulations to uh, Errol Spence Jr. for unifying the welterweight division. And um, Evan Korn from Top Rank sent back a tweet saying, oh, I've got my popcorn ready to start reading the comments because no one thinks, PBC, no one thinks that he's the unified champ. Everyone in the world recognizes that there's two champions now, really. I'll tell you one thing, to, to the things you Maybe just- Maybe three, Pacquiao. Well, yeah. To the, listen, to the things that you just mentioned, uh, I answer in this way. With Spence not looking extraordinary, didn't look like Superman, didn't look like Freddy Krueger, where, oh my God, just scared to even think about getting in a ring with him. Since most people thought he would look that way, since he didn't, look to that level I almost hate to say it but now you could think about the possibility of a Pacquiao fight yeah because of who he's with now mm -hmm. and because now people before they wouldn't have bought it they would have said oh that's going to be a massacre I'm not going to buy that I mean he's 41 years old mm -hmm. Pacquiao whatever he is and you know although he had a great win with Thurman mm -hmm. but Spencer's a you know a we're talking about a whole different animal here. And, uh, you know, forget about it. He'd chew him up here like like putting uh, sausage into a grinder. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's nasty. Uh, we Forget it. That's That that would be uh, cruel and unusual punishment. Who <laughs> who wants to see that? that? It wouldn't be right to see Pacquiao go out that way. But now that Spence didn't look, again, that, you know, extraordinary... You could start selling that possibly. Some people are going to say, "Hey, you know what? Pacquiao beat he, he beat Thurman. You know what? I'm one of them. I'd I'd like to see that uh, fight. Uh, I know. Tell you when I don't. They're, see they're curious to see what he would do now. I definitely don't want to see Garcia. I don't want to see him fight Garcia. Well, Garcia already lost. You know, to Porter. Even though I thought he won that fight, he lost to Thurman. Uh, yeah, I mean, Garcia is a good fighter. Yeah, but, I like but him, he's but not I as. It's not like watching. I mean, it's not like watching an action guy. I mean, yeah. he, he's 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 more conservative. He's you know he's looking to counter punch. He's looking for shots. He's he's a good fighter, but I mean, he's not a ball of fire. Mm -hmm. I, I and we've been there, done that. You know what I mean? I I don't want to see that either. But again, they're keeping everything in house. Yeah, for sure. These these guys, you know, whether they're it's, not even seeming well, to want to well, well, talk about. I mean, Crawford. whether it's. Whoever, whether it's ESPN top rank, whether it's the zone, whether it's PPC, they're keeping everything. Every once in a while, they cross over because mm -hmm. they have to because they don't have an inventory of fighters. Yeah. That's that's what the networks probably yeah. don't even realize what they're doing. They they have to cross over. They have to share. Mm -hmm. You know, remember, you know, and they're not good at sharing. You know, when yeah. you were a kid, you you got to share. <laughs> remember, your mother would tell you you got to share, but I don't want to share. I, I he, they're my toys. Yep. I don't want him to play with my toys, <laughs> but you got to share once in a while. And so they're forced every once in a while because they don't have a big enough inventory, even though they let the networks think they did. That's right. They they really <laughs> <laughs> they they really don't. So every once in a while they have to cross over a little bit and they gotta put it somebody on their show, somebody on their show, so they have enough fights. I think they've seen them we've seen them do that with Lomachenko, right? Yeah, I mean they they've done it a few times, you know, and uh, otherwise they otherwise they don't have enough, you know, fights to put on to continue you know, filling all these shows uh, that they're obligated to. So now you could, 
you could see i wouldn't be shocked to see a pacquiao and again you said it well a lot of people be saying yeah i'd like to see that now i'd like to see but spence didn't look that great i i'd like to see pacquiao maybe pacquiao beat him you know pacquiao's an iconic fighter he's a legend uh and but now i see more intrigue for me in the crawford fight because you could almost made an argument before that they could have made an argument before that Spence was too big, too strong for Crawford. Crawford's moved up so many weight class. You could make an argument and say, gee, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I love Crawford, but, you know, Spence is a relentless, seeking to destroy, you know, missile, and he's just too big and strong, you know, for Crawford, who's thinner. You know, he's rangy, but he's thin, and he's moved up so much. And who knows if they'll carry the power now at welterweight with a with a elite fighter like Spence. I don't know. I don't know if I and now people are like, you gotta say, hey, I'll go so dramatically from different now where I say, hey, I don't know if Spence can handle Crawford. <laughs> it's funny how one fight can do that, right? I don't know if Spence can handle Crawford. And I'll tell you something about Crawford. Yeah, Spence is a big, strong guy. And Crawford's the guy who's moved up a lot of weight classes. But he has carried his power. You're either a puncher or you're not. Mm -hmm. he's, he's got the power. And he's got good technique. He's got, you know, he's got the range. He's the kind of guy that, well, Spence sometimes likes to go get you. Or he can box too, of course. He showed that in the Garcia fight where he used his jab and he had good technique and he was able to control the outside and take away Garcia, the smaller guy's jab. But the thing is that if Spence decides to bring that, you know, that that that, that brimming, that fire and brimstone, you know, uh, to Crawford, where before we thought Crawford might be too small for it. We don't think that no more. And Crawford is the kind of guy that controls range. You know, he's got the long length. Uh, and obviously he's, you know, he's, as I said, he's technically sound just like, like Spence's. Uh, it depends what flavor you like, what kind of ice cream you like. Do you like your ice cream with sprinkles? You know, you, you know, you know Crawford is Crawford's the guy that is going to be able to counterpunch, set traps. You know, if he has to go get you, go get you too. And again, Spence is the guy that we like to believe is going to go downstairs, put water in the basement. You know, bring the fire. You know, bring bring the hurt, bring the fury. But there's one thing about Crawford that I think is better than any fighter in boxing today. Mm. That I've, I haven't seen it. I've very rarely seen what I see with Crawford. You know what that is? What is it? Pure instincts. Yeah. I've never seen anybody, I don't know if most people out there could even, or well, most of the commentators, well, I've never heard anyone talk about it. But to me, his greatest strength, I've just talked about a lot of his strengths. He is the most instinctual, innate, fighter one of the most instinctual i've ever seen yeah that's quite a statement mm. he he is so he is like the great musicians like a Jimi hendrix that would play the guitar upside down and just create sounds as he played he, there was no notes for that damn stuff he just created it with his ear with his instincts he just created music 
almost you know, like uh, Mozart. You hear us, Andy Reid? Mozart, the musician, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, the painter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Anyone I, who watched the uh, Sunday football I, uh, highlights yeah. will know. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, Andy, I'd like to, I'd like to hear, listen to your iPod and see what kind of music you got on there. <laughs> is it music or is it paintings? Oh, 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 <laughs> He's uh, got a bunch of music by Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> and Rembrandt. Rembrandt was pretty good, too. After the game. Uh, Rembrandt was one of the first people to introduce rap. I don't think people... <laughs> after the Chiefs game, they came back from a game that they looked like they were going to lose. It was an ugly game. And, and Andy Reid said to the team in the post-game celebration, like, hey, not all Mozart's paintings were great. <laughs> no, no. They, they, they Obviously, they weren't. And I'd like to see that collection. I never knew that he... Actually, did painting, but and see, but that's the greatness for me that's never talked about, and I'm glad I got a chance to talk about it. And he deserves this, and he being Crawford, his instincts are fabulous. His instincts are, are uncanny. His instincts are special. They're instincts. Instincts are special. And again, like Jimi Hendrix would just make up a tune. Because of his genius, he it, it wasn't sheet music. He wasn't playing off sheet music. He was creating it as he went. Customano used to tell me. I thought he was the greatest boxer mind of all, and he was my mentor. And of course, there's a bias there, but and I have no problem saying it. But there's also proof there of his, you know, his his work, uh, what he's done, and what he meant to the sport of boxing. But he used to say, Teddy, the great ones can make it up as they do it. And that's that's something special. Uh, again, like one of the great jazz musicians, like a Louis Armstrong on the trumpet, mm -hmm. that he he would just make up tunes that were not were, were not on paper. Mm. He would just make it up as he as he hit that pipe, as, you know, as as he played that horn. He would just create something. For me, that's what Crawford does. He create. I've seen it. I had to break it down for ESPN. I did a special. I don't know if it's out there somewhere. You guys can find it. But I did a special with him. I spent a day in the gym with him and broke down all his fights, Crawford. And we went into a place, into a studio, and we had a ring set up. And we spent an hour breaking down his film and showing what he is, showing how he got to where he got to, showing how he won the fights from his early fights all the way through his title fights. And... When I was looking and doing my due diligence and looking at the tape, I was watching him, and I brought it up with him. I said, wait a minute. Do you know what you're doing right here? And he said, no. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's when I knew he had a genius. That's when I knew I was talking to a genius. I mean it. Because I, I watched what he did. I mean, he, he, he got caught. He, was, he, he got caught because he was, I think it was with Gamboa. Gamboa was a gold medalist, very talented fighter. It was one of his fights on his way up, uh, Crawford. And he got he got caught with a right hand because he was in the southpaw stance and he got hurt. Crawford hurt really badly. As he went backwards, he instinctively turned out of the southpaw stance because he knew that if he stayed in it, because he likes to fight southpaw, mm -hmm. if he stayed there, he would be more prone to getting hit with the right hand. Mm -hmm. So he instinctively, he's hurt, and he's going back, and, he, and he's going back, and he turns the other way just to avoid the right hand. And there was another sequence where he, he backed up on an aggressive guy 
It might have been in the same fight, in the Gamboa fight. He backed up, and as he backed up, he he just switched stances in the middle of it and did something that was so intuitive. It was, it was so reflexive that that I looked at it and I said, wait a minute, that's never been taught. I've never seen that. What the hell were you doing? And he looked at it. And he, I said, did you ever realize you did that? And he looked at it, which the great ones, sometimes they don't realize it, mm. the great ones. And he looked at it and he said, no, Teddy, I, I didn't know I even did that. <laughs> so that's, that is something that Crawford brings to a fight, to that ring. And that's something that can't be quantified. It really can't be properly quantified. But as those to are the how kind important. of details that you notice that no one else notices. And one of the things we'll get into this at a later date is that I've noticed here in camp, especially in sparring and then going over some of the sparring afterwards, is the little things you notice that people, the average boxing fan would be shocked when you're looking at the film and asking him, what are you doing here? What is this? And I'm thinking, oh, he's just resetting. It's just... No, no, no. Every single minute of every second of every minute is like, no, there has to be a plan. Are you ready to punch here? It's We've been filming a lot of it, and hopefully we'll be able to share this at some point, but it's been like unbelievable to be part of and watch. But um, before we move on from the uh, Spence-Porter fight, because, again, we're in camp, and it's now getting very late, and we've got another busy day tomorrow. Let me pop a few more of these. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the guys. Camera. Shout out to the guys again at On It with the Shroom Tech, the Alpha Brain, the Shroom Tech in the morning, glutamine after I work out. All this stuff is great, honestly. Check them out at onit.com slash Atlas for a two-week free trial of the Alpha Brain and use the promo code Atlas for 10% off all the products. And again, if you like the show, please support these guys so we can keep doing this stuff. And um, also, if you like the show, please take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes at, at Apple Podcasts. It's a huge help. The more reviews we have, the higher we get in the rankings. We need sponsors to do this. It's and don't make fun of his glasses. <laughs> he is a good person. Gotten to know him even better now. He's a good person. He's a sensitive person. He's got feelings. <laughs> anyway, the reviews help us a ton, so please... I know you guys that are fans of the show appreciate the show, and uh, we appreciate you. A lot of super, some of the nicest people in the world are our fans. They send messages all the time. I try to engage with as many as I can, but thanks for all the support. Really appreciate it. They sent in some questions. A lot of them we covered. Rob Mitchell, 72, said, would it make more sense for Spence to fight Crawford or Manny in next instead of Garcia? I think we've covered that. Well, what uh, Petty Yel Yoliev wrote, what was Porter missing in the fight and what does he need to improve in the future? Um, and then how did you score the fight? We already talked how you scored it. But what do you think Spence was, what do you think Porter was missing and what could he have done differently to um, win that fight? Well, I mean, listen, I thought he was winning the fight. I thought he mixed up a little bit of moving, you know, a little bit of jabbing, a little bit of moving uh, with pressure. That's his game, pressure. But I thought he mixed it up. I, I made the comment on ESPN, I had to do ESPN Sports Center stuff to cover the fight, and I said to me, Porter, if if I'm going to use a football analogy because I'm I was doing a ESPN, they were covering so much football. Uh, it is football season, college and pros, by the way. Uh, and you know, I mean, we know that. I mean, Andy Reid, the big uh, art fan, he, <laughs> he 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 obviously 
but that reminded us of what season it is right now. But when I was breaking down a fight, I said, you know, Porter is like a fullback in football where he's the guy that's doing the block and he's the guy that when it's short yardage, you give it to him to get one yard, to get two yards. He does the grunt work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's him. You know, that, that's the guy, the blue collar guy, the guy the guy that gets down and dirty. And then in the Ugas fight, I said, you know what? He changed a little bit. You know, he, he was like they changed his position. They moved him to slot back, you know, and they said now they want him to come out of the backfield, catch a few passes, you know, do, do a few end arounds. And in Uga's fight, he was doing some of that. You know, he was he was moving. He was using his jab. He was trying to move. So I thought, to, to answer that question, I thought that his best chance, he wasn't as good technically as the fighter I thought he was fighting, which was Spence. I thought that he had to mix it up a little bit. Just like if you're playing a really good football team and you know they have more talent or they're the better team, they're the big favorite, you know, uh, just like he was a 10-to-1 underdog. You're playing a team that's maybe a 14-point favorite. Well, most people don't think you're going to win. Most people didn't think Porter was going to win. What do you have to do? you got to keep more balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do a little running uh, to set up the pass, and then when they're looking for the run, pass. Mm-hmm. Keep more balance. Trick plays every once in a while. Well, that's what Porter did. He kept the more balance. A little bit of jabbing, a little bit of moving, and then coming forward, and as I said earlier, you know, pushing them back, keeping them on, on the defense. Uh, so he was able to do that. What he could have done better, what hurt him, for me, was down the stretch, his fat punches finally caught up to him. Yeah. He, he, uh, you know, getting out of position, throwing those wide punches, and where the better fighter was able to then start, you know, making a little hay. Mm-hmm. You know, punching inside them. You throw a wide punch, bang, right inside. Or you lean forward a little bit. You get countered with an uppercut or whatever. Uh, you're out of position a little bit. So, to his question, how he could have helped himself, you got to do it in the gym. You're not going to do it that night, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you got to do it in the gym. But where you don't get top heavy, where you don't reach in, where you're coming in behind the jab, where you're bringing your legs, not your upper body first, mm-hmm. where you shorten your punches up, mm-hmm. where where there's not so much daylight in between the punches, where the punches are cleaner, a little shorter, where you're not leaving an opportunity for something to go in between it. You're not leaving windows open yeah, yeah. Where, where birds can fly in and stuff like that and punches can fly in if it was inside the ring. So that's for me, that's the answer is what I just... I think Porter got every ounce of his abilities out in that fight. I mean, Spence eventually figured it out and picked up the pace, but I mean, kudos to Porter. I thought that that was like, couldn't have gone better for him. I mean, short of knocking him out, but that, that wasn't going to happen. No, and, and listen, he's, in the, he's, he's, still in the, he's still in the picture now for the... You know, for the big fights. I mean, yeah. And he's with the right place. He's, I mean, he, he's in the right place, if you, especially if you're going to be a welterweight. He's with the guy that's got all the welterweights. Mm-hmm. You know, he's they have with, all the belts except for um, whatever whatever title. So they uh, could play round robin. Yep. They could, you know, this is round There's robin. a lot of fighters them. over there. Yeah. The last question before we move on from this fight is uh, in the ring GR asked, before the Porter fight, with, before the Porter fight, a fight with Crawford was 52-48 for Bud, in my view. That seems to have gone to 60-40 for Bud now. What do you two think? I agree with this guy 100%. Yeah, I think I answered it already. Yep, that's right. I think we answered it already. I mean, I agree with you, Bud. Oh, Bud. Hey, wow. <laughs> We're all Buds. You know, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, where you went from where you thought, I, I would have thought it was even more towards 
Spence, to be honest with you, going in and just bigger, stronger. But now you have to look at it completely different. Yeah. Uh, where Spence was not bad, but you know he he again he wasn't uh, you know he wasn't Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Where where you 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 were you shaking afterwards and say oh my god I gotta get in the ring with that guy yeah so yeah well we'll leave that one that fight there for now um, the only other one I wanted to touch on because we're gonna be here and we won't get a chance to talk about it next week we've got um, heavyweight debut of uh, Alexander Usyk one that uh, who I like um, a lot yeah I think he can become heavyweight champ I really do I, I think, think he will I really do I do because. First of all, he's got legs. Yeah, he's, he's, everyone's going to say, the reason I bring up legs first, a lot of people are going to say, Teddy's too small. You know what? Legs can legs can make a bigger guy and not look so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep him more balanced, you know, uh, kind of uh, disarm him. Uh, legs can make a big difference, and he's smart. He's got a good IQ. He's, he's a winner. He's a gold medalist. Uh, he, he won all the cruiserweight belts, put them all together, beat everybody. Uh, and and he's thick. He's he's not that tiny. He's thick. He's strong. Uh, and again, he's clever. And I think that as much as we look at just size being an advantage, how about thinking this way, guys? That think maybe Usyk's too small to be a heavyweight champ. And again, it's a, it depends who you're fighting. Mm-hmm. There's a couple choices out there right now. But how about maybe he's too fast? Maybe he's too slick? Maybe he's too smart for the bigger guy? Yeah. How about that? You ever think? That way, switch it around a little bit. That's not just about who's bigger. So, again, uh, hey, you guys forget that uh, something somebody named uh, David and Goliath. You remember that little <laughs> tussle they had? Remember that? I could tell you one thing: there's no hair. There's not a lot of heavyweight contenders lining up for a fight with Usyk. That's for sure. No, I listen. I I like Usyk, and like you said, he's he's getting ready. To fight, go ahead. You you finish saying who he's going to fight. He's going to fight Tyrone Spong, who's um fourteen and zero with thirteen knockouts. He's a former kickboxer from uh, the Netherlands by way of Suriname, and uh, currently living in Miami. But he's he, he's knocked out a bunch of guys. But I ha- couldn't help but notice one thing on his record that I had to laugh about. Two of his early opponents were um one guy was Owen fourteen. I don't even know where do you even find a guy who's Owen fourteen. I mean, oh, you find. The next guy he fought after that, Jose Felix, 0 and 15. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, 0 15, and he did have a draw. That was that was the neighbor <laughs> of the 0 and 14 guy. How much do you have to pay to get paid to get in and get knocked out by a heavyweight fighter? There's got to be an easier way to make a living. Listen, I don't disparage any fighter, anyone who gets in that ring, and but I do tell the truth, mm-hmm. and uh, this fight. Is kind of like when you go, you know, to one of those high-end hotels on a, which you go to all the time, of course. <laughs> on, By the on, way, on you a, keep saying that. Some guy said to me, "Oh, Ken, send us a picture of your Ferrari." <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many you have? How many? <laughs> they think I'm driving a they Ferrari. I'm 85 years. They don't want to see the Maserati. They I'm don't the want to. <laughs> I'm the mystery man. <laughs> they don't. They just want to see the Ferrari. Not, not the Lamborghini. <laughs> so keep those coming, guys. So what I'm what I'm about to say is, you know, if you if you go into one of those, you know, you go away with your your family, you go away with your wife on a nice little chance to get away, and you go to one of those high end 
places on islands or something mm. to like a boutique hotel and and they they do everything nice and you get there and when you first get there they have like a little signature drink hello mr right out <laughs> and and you come in and they come in and they serve you a little drink to have as you're checking in Right, usually with a cucumber in it. Yeah, with a <laughs> see, you've been to all these places. There's the truth comes out. See, and 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 they're parking your Ferrari, right? As as you're drinking your, you know, with the cucumber, and so it's it's kind of like to welcome you, like mm-hmm. welcome to our beautiful paradise. Mm-hmm. Welcome to well, this opponent again, not meaning to knock, but the truth is the truth. This is like a welcoming. Yeah. To Usyk, to the heavyweight division, to to putting your foot in the heavyweight pool, like hi, Mister Usyk, here's here's a here's here's a little gift for you, you know, to say hello and welcome. We're happy to have you. <laughs> We're happy to have you, Mister Usyk, and here you go. Well, and, before uh, before we give the promoter too much credit for giving Usyk the welcome drink, we did bump into a well-known pro heavyweight. I'm not going to mention his name, but I heard him talking on the side as he was in the gym one day saying, yeah, they asked me to fight Usyk. And it was a well-respected name. And they asked me to fight Usyk, but they only wanted to give me six weeks. They know it's going to take me two weeks to set up camp, blah, 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 blah. No one one wants to fight Usyk on six, eight weeks notice. I mean, but I think the promoter and, and his management team who we know well was looking for a real opponent for him or, or sorry, a better known opponent. And this was the only guy who they could get to take the fight on however much notice they needed. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that I'd buy that, you know, but, um, it's still got cucumber in it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I think he's, like I said, I think he's, his, his background is kickboxing if I'm not mistaken, but, and now he's got 14 wins. But as you can see, when you're beating up guys that are 0 and 14, 0 15 and one, it doesn't say much about, your potential not to say that he couldn't be good but you don't need a lot of wins against only 15 guys if you're real good so that'll be interesting we'll uh see what happens there and then um we got our own fight coming up two and a half weeks uh two weeks from this friday and um yeah we'll be back with you after the fight we're probably going to be in lockdown between now and then so we'll miss the Usyk fight and the only one other one that we'll miss i just want to say good luck to regis progress i've never got so much feedback from saying that i thought one guy or another would win as i did when i said i thought progress was going to beat up taylor people attacked me online like social media went crazy like why do you think that i'm like i don't know it's my opinion i, I just think he's gonna win i think he's better. you're allowed your opinion <laughs> but people got the British fans got really aggressive about this one, more so than any other fight. So anyway, good luck to Rougarou Pro Grays. Um, Teddy, thanks again for doing this. Guys, please, if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes and check these guys out at On It. Again, use the promo code Atlas for 10% off. My favorite is the Alpha Brain. You can get two free weeks worth. Uh, go to onit.com slash Atlas. Sign up for the two-week trial and you'll be good to go. And And... We love all of you, the fans. Thank you for being there for us. Be no reason to do this without you. And of course, a little extra love I want to throw out there again to all our fans and uh, people that I care a lot about across the pond. You know, I love you guys. You know, I joke with you and everything. But um, you good people. Love you. And get some of this. You can probably pick it up there across the pond. It'll, it'll make your eyes sharper for the darts. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and one more thing people were asking for some apparel we've got the t-shirts at uh, teddyatlas.com check it out um the fight with teddy atlas apparel available on the website and five dollars from every shirt sold goes to the teddy atlas foundation they do a lot of great work in new york so guys thanks for being with us appreciate all the support thanks teddy we'll see you guys after the uh big fight on the 18th thank you